The Rounder Report, Season 1, Episode 13, The Special, PM Resigns. Oh, I sit down, I've got a bit more like light here, have I? Good day to you all. Uh, the Rounder Report gets serious today, less frivolous. Well, say maybe that. not quite less frivolous. But you say that, we, we, we did this in July 26th. PM resigns. PM resigns. It is does Groundhog Day returns. The Randall Report just trust resigns. Uh, ding dong, the witch is gone, but still the Tories remain in government. Is today's uh, title. Um, uh, whew, uh, I mean, crikey! Um, amazing we, we, forty-eight hours. Well, amazing forty-eight hours and amazing forty-four days. Um, and, an and not least, fall, and an amazing fall from grace. Uh, what, a, uh, what an embarrassment! Uh, well, I think grace is probably too generous a word to you, describe our departed PM. She had no. I grace. think she's actually really smart. Can I tell you why? Go on. Because she's been in power for forty-four days. Yes. But she's entitled to over a hundred grand, one hundred and fifteen thousand pounds yes. per annum. Yes. As she was the prime minister, and that covers all the expenses that she would have. Had over her premiership. Mm. Well, so it's like, it's like it's like a divorce case, exactly. And she came out an absolute winner. Yeah. So I don't think she's crying all that much. Maybe even if her career's in tatters, that's one hundred and fifteen grand coming in. Gotcha. Flip all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flip all. Um, is there just before we carry on? Um, have we got enough light here. Uh, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't make it look too pale. Good. Uh, anybody think I was vain? <laughs> uh, well, after what has been a tumultuous week in politics, um, yeah, uh, she's, well, if, <laughs> it's only 24, 48 hours ago that she said she's not a quitter. Um, yet another U-turn. She's, uh, she's, she's not a quitter, she's a fighter. I'm a fighter, not a quitter. I'm not one for turning. I'm not one for turning. She's turned um, around, she's quit. And that's or it. as Starmer put it, the lady's not for turning up. Um, so after a tumultuous week in British politics, in a week from now, we'll be getting our fourth Prime Minister in just five years. Indeed, yet another. Um, indeed, in this political drama that makes House of Cards look a bit lacklustre, uh, recent events can only be described as uh, well, a clusterfuck or a trusterfuck, um, with the British people paying for it at every turn. Um, the latest incarnation actually lasted just 44 days, um, which, of course, is a new record. Um, uh, I mean, it was no surprise to us that Truss uh, wasn't up to the challenge. You can because listen, we said this, well, yeah, if you listen to our previous podcast. If you listen to the previous 15 podcasts where we berate Truss at every corner, we sort of knew this was on the cards. Right? Well, yes. Um, in fact, I think at the beginning we gave it till Christmas and that turns out that we were rather generous. I think in last week's, didn't we, or the most recent one, didn't we sort of say... Um, you also she... called her a silly twat and I think we were right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, yes, uh, I can't argue that one, can I? Um, so it was no surprise to us that trust wasn't really up to the challenge. Um, what I can't grapple with is how on earth the Tory party membership were so deluded enough to think she would make a success of a premiership. 
Um, and it seems now they were the only ones that thought she would. Because it, it was clear to us, certainly, that in, in the debates prior to, to, to uh, her becoming peer, that there was something inherently wrong, not only in her ability to, to, to deliver argument in, in debates, um, but also with her uh, economic policies, which had more holes in it than uh, a flaming colander. Um, I've, I, she became so beleaguered so quickly, of course. Um, one newspaper earlier this week, uh, in fact, seven days ago, put up a lettuce, notorious, of course, lettuce. Yeah, lettuce with a wig on. Uh, well, no, no, the, they actually had a live webcam of a lettuce. Yeah, a lettuce notorious, with a wig on. Notorious for a short shelf life with a wig on, um, in a ruse to see which would last longer. The lettuce and the won. lettuce won. Um, and seemingly had more capability. Um, I, I noticed one this morning, somebody had actually beamed the uh, said lettuce onto the uh, uh, thing of, of, of Westminster. Of, really? Of, yes, of the Houses of Parliament. And, uh, <laughs> what a way to go, eh? You know, I mean, being compared to a wet lettuce um, uh, and losing. <laughs> The thing is, my question is, what has this done for the feminist movement? You know, it must have sort of drags it back, at least in the political world. Well, you say that. The the chances of another female prime minister, you know, you'd really think long and hard before you get another another female prime minister. And I don't think Truss has helped that situation one bit. Even if they are Mm. capable, I think you'd have a sort of a second think about whether that's a good idea. Well, I mean, I'm not so sure because what, what's become apparent to me is, is this delusion that the Tory party have got that allowed them, that the, the facilitated her entering number 10 in the first place. The fact that already you've got the likes of the Bravermans and the Babinots, the same damned crew, uh, once again putting their names forward. Um, and... Uh, you know, um, to, in, in, to, to, to take uh, the role of, of leader of the Tory party. And, and it's just, it does feel like Groundhog Day. And uh, clearly, as far as I can see, there's no mandate now for this government to continue. Yet they cling on to their fading power uh, rather than looking at the greater need of the country. And obviously risk... Um, ding dong, yeah. <laughs> um, risk uh, self annihilation as a political force, um, and uh, you know, whilst they they look inward, um, you know, the the nation's institutions, the economy, are standing up on the global stage, are all in tatters because of the gross incompetence, the arrogance if you like, to not recognise that uh, really they actually do need the time in opposition to regroup because it's so factionalised. You can't, you can't govern a country when your political party I is think, so factionalised. I think the point is that they, they're afforded this arrogance because they have an 80-seat majority. If it wasn't for that, they might very well have called an election earlier. But because they have such a wide margin... 
and through the whips they can probably sort of hold that majority for at least a while longer they're willing to ride it up until the next election i don't see while the country sinks yeah i'm not disagreeing with you on that one but my question is why would they choose to self-implode and to call the election where they know they'll almost certainly lose why not i mean devil's advocate why would you not for your own political gain and for your own career why wouldn't you just say okay this is bad but we've got a majority we'll hold on until the next election even if it all goes to pot fine but at least i've written because the longer written out the wave the longer the bollocks goes on the longer they're going to remain out of office and for a lot of MPs, there's quite a lot of young Tory, younger Tory MPs uh, that are now in Parliament. Um, they're not all old bastards like me. Um, uh, and, and, you know, if they were looking at the bigger picture, A, why they're there, uh, and what being a member of Parliament actually means to them. And don't get me wrong, despite our cynicism towards the political, um, some of the political parties, the reality is there's a vast number of MPs that are there for good reason, that do want to represent their constituents. Unfortunately, they're the ones that you never hear about because obviously uh, they don't make the news because they're doing a decent job um, at looking after um, their constituents. And uh, it would be better to sort of say, OK, we need to lick our wounds, regroup. And like it is not at such a difficult time economically and for the country, maybe a couple of years in opposition if we called an election now, and the opposition party might make a bigger mess of it than us and we'll be back in power again for, for a nice length of time. Um, they're not, it feels like they're not looking at the big picture, which is why they ended up with trust in the first place. Um, and now as the political situation descends into almost farce, some within the Conservative ranks want to reincarnate Boris Johnson's political career, which is it's a, pure, it's a concept of pure and dangerous delusion. Surely, what do you make of this, Mel? It's a question of popularity, isn't it? I mean, he was still popular among the ranks. He, as of, as of, he's ousted him. There was over 16 resignations. I understand that. I understand that, but that was for their own political gain. This wasn't for the good of the party. This was to advance their own careers. They saw a chance to get rid of, you know, the, the, the top tier of government, thinking that they had a position that they could sort of move into. And it benefited some, and it didn't benefit others. You know, but it resulted in trust, which turned out to be a disaster. And so a lot of the old guard are saying, at least okay. at least we know where we stand with so Boris. You, get, you know, and even yeah, a liar, even, a cheat. Even, uh, no, hold on, hold on a second. Even the well, reason well, it's a fact. It's not a fact. Even the reason why he was ousted was because he held on to a piece of information that perhaps he shouldn't have done. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Well, come on, but it was party gate. There was wallpaper gate. Yeah, but party gate is there hardly. Was gate. But party party gate is hardly a huge issue. No. The Labour the Labour Party did it too. Individual? No, no, they didn't. They, yes, they, they were did. let off. No, doesn't matter whether the they point, were let off. They no, did it. They didn't. They. The point is this. The point is this. It was an accumulation. Party gate. Hold on. 
Partygate was done on both sides. Pinchergate wasn't great. Boris was aware of what was going on and he mm. should have been more proactive to resolve the situation at the time, but yeah. he kept it under his belt, which was wrong. You know, if he knew of, of an issue, it should have been handled okay. with then and there. Then you know, it's, it's not because he's a bad politician. It's because there was a, a, there was a lack of judgment at that time. But is that enough? Is that is that enough? Of course, it is. To is that enough to be to be sacked? Okay. I don't think necessarily okay. it was. He's found he's been found to be dishonest individually. Whether you look at Partygate or Papergate, uh, proroguing of Parliament, misleading Parliament, which he's still got to answer for, and if he's uh, certainly if he ends up being leader again, and then that inquiry concludes that he did mislead Parliament, will be back in Groundhog Day with him having to resign for misleading Parliament. The idea that somebody who is um, as found to uh, be a liar and to be a little less than uh, straightforward, uh, with all the other things um, surrounding him and all of this, the, this stuff that went on that got us to the situation that caused the likes of Liz Truss. The idea of having him back actually all that does, it says, that's okay. We actually approve of the fact that we've got somebody who's got the morals of a flaming tomcat in charge and we're willing to overlook now what we couldn't overlook before. And have... Do you really think that the British public overall are going to wear that? Because the consensus seems to be at the moment that they will not. And it clearly... Um... It, it, it's it's the, it seems to me that they've got the the Tory party members have got the memories of a gnat. It's about stability. He can't and if offer stability, but if it's economically, he can. How can he offer stability? It turns out that our we, finances in this country were in a worse state than uh, even before Trustonomics uh, sent us down the UBEM. Um, it turns out that things weren't going so well after all. So, um, but during hold on during COVID, our economic situation could have been even worse. You know, at least the government. You should give credit to the government for at least seeing us through what was the most significant moment in, let's say, twenty years. Well, you know, and they managed to at least navigate furlough, through. That. Furlough, you're talking about. Furlough was a global leader, and no, I, but I, everything, all everything that was put in place during COVID. You know, not only furlough, uh, grants that were given out. Um, what you know, you mean to, to the ones uh, to, that were given out to some of their mates? That, yeah, that, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm not saying that was uh, good either. But squandering it, billions. But it, but, it, but it provided an element of stability. If another, if another prime minister was in place, our situation could have been potentially worse. Well, so all I'm saying be. is, through one of the most dangerous issues that we've ever seen, you know, at least we we were sort of navigated through that with some level of oh, stability. We, we came out. Of, we came out of that well, relatively okay. Come on, we said this before because that's why we we felt that Rishi Sunak was a more suitable candidate candidate in the the yeah uh, the and last I, round. And because... I think and I think Sunak would be perfectly adept at the job as well. 
Um, but like, but like we were saying before, if Sunak gets gets to gets to premiership, Boris will end up in cabinet, one way or another. If Boris becomes uh, prime minister, then Sunak will get into cabinet. So one way or another, the power structure more or less remains the same. Well, the head of the ship no. doesn't necessarily matter. Okay. Well, he, well, clearly it does. Matter. Half of half of the cabinet is going to go. Of the current cabinet mm. is going to be removed. And if we're not, and we're going to end up with the old guard and anyway. If, and so if nothing yes, really, exactly. So nothing really changes. If, if, if we're in danger of ending up with a cabinet once again made up of, uh, well, in my view, as long as the health minister gets a kick. My own view is, uh, oh yes, the double up. Uh, her as Deputy Prime Minister and Health Minister, Theresa Coffey. She needs to go. Yikes. Um, we'll end up with the same band as before. Exactly. Jacob Rees-Mogg, yeah. Dominic Raab, Quasi Quateng, maybe I even hope, Liz Truss again. I hope that Quateng gets some kind of job back. They'll all end up with a flaming job. And we'll be back. This is truly like Groundhog Day. Um, so as before... That's we, a good question. Can I ask you very quickly? Go on. So whoever becomes the next prime minister, do you yeah. reckon that they'll bring trust back into the fold? Or in, will she be sort of sent into oblivion forever? Well, on, on, uh, in, in, uh, if, if the Tory party remained true to form, as we've seen before, um, they get rid of somebody, they sack them, as Boris was sacked, as Truss has been previously sacked, um, and a good many others, like Dominic Raab, were sacked from their positions, um, are, are in the wilderness for mere blink of an eye before um, being brought back in as a sort of, with a pat on the head. It's like, okay, I think people have forgotten about what you did now. Uh, let's have you back in cabinet. And this is part of the problem. You end up with this, you know, because it doesn't address the issue of, of, of clearly what has been the problem with this government, certainly over the last few years, not just this last two years, but somewhat longer, is that, uh, and you've only got to look at the state of the country, the state of the institutions, the state of our services and, and, and so forth, that, that, that we are uh, going around the same circle of incompetence uh, and keep rewarding them by giving them yet another job in cabinet instead of recognising that they are not fit for the damn job. There comes a point when you've got to say, well, look, uh, I mean, they're talking about Penny Mordaunt. The MPs and some of the other cabinet ministers, when she's worked in various different departments, have actually stated that she's no damned good at her job. So we're facing the prospect of her now, possibly this ex-magician's assistant, becoming could become prime minister. Could. And mm. I say could, with a small C, possibly. Um, but the fact of the matter is, by her own colleague's uh, assessment of her, she was useless. And yet we could end up with her as PM. Trust was sacked a number of times. She didn't exactly make a good job of being foreign secretary. That was blatant to see. Um, never mind before she got even close to the, the leadership debates. And yet, they put her in number 10. Uh, and it's that failure to not recognise 
that we need something better. Um, so I guess that's my next um, question. You've got this procession of wannabes has begun in this latest contest for, for yet another leader. And still not one, in my view, perhaps other than Rishi Sunak, worthy of any attention. Um, candidates of which are weighted, there'll be many uh, by the time it's done because it already you've got that sense of quite a few throwing the hat in the ring or going to. And they're going to need a minimum of 100 MPs backing them by Monday. And yeah. we could very well end up in a situation where none of them have got 100 MPs backing them. What then? They all end up, because there's half a dozen contenders, and they all end up with about 80 each. No, or there's eight they... contenders, and they all end up with about 50 or 60 each. Well, no, because, they'll, because they'll negotiate, won't they? So if they get to that point, they'll negotiate with whoever they think is ah, the next strongest. And they'll what? be like, OK, fine. Okay. You know, let's say let's say if it's between Boris and and Sunak, you know, Boris had yesterday fifty odd, uh, Sunak had thirty six, or, or that's already eighty odd. God so, knows what the situation is by the end of the day. Yeah, okay. So they'd end up having a conversation saying, "Look, you know, I want to go for PM." Whether Boris has to stand in or Rishi Sunak would stand down, yeah, they 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 pull together with an understanding. Yeah, you're missing you're missing on my point because the understanding might exist to get there um, before Monday to whittle it down. Yeah, to, but they, to yeah, a, but they just pull number. support there, wouldn't they? But the the problem comes as we saw with trust. They then reward those that support. You still end up with a factionalized party. The, the necessity right now. Yeah, that's politics, though, isn't it, Simon? That's the way. That's the the way well, the way they have this contest. Okay, is is that's the result? You will no have, party. You will have a faction. You'll have a factioned uh, cabinet. That's no, just normal. No, it's not normal. No party has ever managed to govern when there's so many uh, different factions and they can't coalesce and unify. It is necessary in order for a party to govern. To have some unity, and it's it's the the problem the Tories have got is uh, as has been clear in recent times is an inability to actually unify itself. It's the reason why Labour couldn't govern under Corbyn is because it became too factionalised. You got the left, you got the centre left, um, so and then that, you should be happy. Hmm? You should be happy if that's the case, because it only means that the party will implode even faster. So you're more likely to get an election earlier on, you know, if they continue down this well, path. you say that. I mean, what I would prefer to see is the Tories out of office, but be a decent and effective opposition, because I think in any successful uh, democracy, you also need an effective opposition. And if we see the Tory party, as much as I'm, never been really much uh, in favour of them. If they're not an effective opposition, you can end up with a pretty poor uh, government on the other side. And this is part of the problem this time. But it depends. We had a very poor opposition for far too long and it's it made Tory was, government very lazy. But that was because of the number of seats that they garnered. If you assume that in the next election, the Tories will lose a whole load of seats... And then he becomes utterly dominant. Then, can the Conservatives, of, as an opposition party, won't have that much strength anyway. So they won't have the power to oppose. Well, this because is they'll, the because they lose so many seats, 
that, that, that Labour will be in the same position that the Conservatives are in, that they have such a big majority that they won't even have to sort of consider the opposition. Well, the calculation at the moment is that the current, uh, I think they're, what, 39 points adrift? Um, you, you, they're certainly in the high 30s. You, you, they could be facing the loss of 200 seats. Well, maybe. And more. Um, uh, but it's this delusion. This is what I'm trying to get across. Where do they think they can save their bacon in the next two years to get re-elected? What kind of miracle do they think is going to give them that possibility? And and you can't no, there, is, there isn't one. It's, dam- it's damage limitation at this point, for sure. They know they're going to lose. It's just a question as to by how much. So uh, while they selfishly look at it, uh, uh, and play this silly game, the country goes down even further. I don't think it matters anyway. You know, you know who knows what's going to happen with COVID? That's going to go. That's going to become more of an issue. No, avian flu. COVID. Avian flu is becoming an issue. Oh, no, no, you know, come on, energy, come on. En- energy, come on. energy supply is becoming an issue. Uh, I think we have about... a war on our doorstep. That's well, going to continue. That to is be a an, massive issue. That's going to be, can you continue Avian to be an flow, issue. Avian flow, I think, is 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 it's uh, the biggest disaster we've seen. But it's a huge disaster. Great. Okay. Uh, it is a terrible disaster. But so there's and nothing. Might, there's might, nothing the government can do about these things. Well, yeah. the economy is going to collapse. Like that's other, inevitable. Like the BSE, like lots of other things that have happened over uh, the last thirty or forty years. Uh, avian and COVID included, it, it, you know, it was a massive issue two years ago. Now it, it's less of an issue, but and so, there'll be something else that comes along. The biggest issue, but so I we have you, to, but so we have the, to ride, the war so, in Russia, but so, we, but so we have to ride the storm. We, our situation will not improve anytime soon. So it doesn't matter what government is involved; they have to try and it, they have to try and maneuver it, around. Four or five horrible situations it which are unlikely to improve. It matters. And I'll tell you why it matters. It matters because whilst we have a government that looks so damned inept with the likes of the trusses, I mean, crikey almighty, it was cringeworthy the last 44 days. There's nothing else, uh, no other way to describe it other than cringeworthy. Just to look at her and that, stupid smug look and the fact that you in the finish you couldn't rely on anything that came out of her mouth you know the lady's not for turning she did she how many u-turns um two days ago she wasn't for quitting a day later she quit um that kind of weakness in government is a gift to the likes of the vladimir putins of this world that we cannot this country cannot afford the luxury of another experiment of what is clear uh, it's funny you say of that a failed government and a failed that. party. Putin actually made a made a comment about this trust and said that she was probably the most inept human being to, to ever to ever enter government and he wished the luck. He wished the luck on her next appointment. Uh, yes, well I don't know what job she's going to get uh, next, but for God's sake, really uh, I hope I, I, I hope that uh, her, her, the, the um, constituencies constituency uh, of which she's MP that um, 
when the election does come, the voters put her out of office um, because she is absolute. This is this is the danger. We now need a leader who actually knows what they're doing. I don't believe it is Boris. I think it's become too divisive. I think it, as we said once before, in uh, I don't know what you think about this, Mel, that it's time to bring back some of the Tory grandees into the cabinet who've had long experience, perhaps from 20, 25 years ago, maybe as advisors, maybe in all sorts of um, different guises to, to, to guide things because the, 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 there's some vast experience um, in the Tory party. But you're talking about pulling people from the House of Lords. If necessary, as advisors. This is, the, this is a now uh, a, a country that's in a state of some kind of chaos and emergency and needs the steadying hands uh, of, uh, and certainly steadying opinions of some of those that uh, recent governments from Cameron onwards have chosen to sideline because uh, they don't want them, you know, some of these people to make them look uh, how can I say, inexperienced and unprofessional. But if you they say that, get over that, if you say that, then maybe the best way is to have some sort of bipartisan movement where you actually look towards, you know, the other side of the house to draw some experience from all sides. Totally agree. Totally well, agree. whether or not anyone would actually agree to do that, I'm not another thing. Totally agree. But it might be a question saying, look, we're in a difficult situation we might end up being on a war footing. We did it in the war. We, yeah, exactly. We and everybody came together. But we maybe a this gov- is a government of national interest. But maybe this is. But maybe we're in a bad enough situation hmm. where we go to the sort of a war footing and we say that we need to draw from the experience from all parties at this point. Yeah. And you know, let's put everything aside yeah. for the next two years. We know that things are going to get difficult. I, I, yes, I agree with you. I think it's yeah. important to remember that during the Second World War, despite the fact that Churchill was Prime Minister, it was a coalition. Um, and I think there is time to put party politics to one side and recognise the needs of the country. And that takes some balls to do, quite frankly. Um, I agree. I mean, you have to have, you know, you have to leave your ego to the side, Mm. you know, agree to work together for a period of time, knowing full well that sort of when the the next elections come in, you know, that the Conservatives are almost certainly going to be on the way out. Yeah. But at least it creates, we keep on talking about stability, will create that level of stability going Mm. forward because you have, you have members of Parliament from both sides that are actually working on yes. current policy, yeah. and as one party becomes the opposition, whoever comes in already has a footing and knows how to progress. Don't you find it rather odd that, uh, going back to what I was just saying, don't you find it rather odd that uh, you know, the Tory party over the last 12 years, well, I'd say actually certainly over the last three or four years, hasn't recognised the need to draw on that vast experience that exists within the party from when they previously governed during the uh, 80s and early 90s in recognition that some of these people might be able to advise them well rather than just sidelining them. Surely, um, uh, you know, are they that egotistical? 
that uh, to 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 keep those people in the background. Yes, they are. Well, that is to our detriment, and I I think that was half the problem with trust, ego driven, rather than yeah. you know. Uh, she never, it seemed to me, she never asked herself the question whether she was capable of doing the job. You know, wanting it is not enough. And there comes a point sometimes when you have to ask yourself, yeah, I want this. Am I capable of doing it and really making a good job of it? Uh, you know, because wanting it is simply not enough. Anyway, much is going to happen, I suspect, in the next week. Um, we could find ourselves back in the eternal loop of this if they don't sort it out. Well, by next um, week, we'll have a new Prime Minister, so we'll have another special. Uh, we'll have another special, no doubt, as we um, dissect uh, the decision that is made. And I do have a quote of the week. Um, from uh, John F. Kennedy. Uh, and I'm going to direct it at the Tory MPs. Uh, John F. Kennedy once said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And of course, I have the answer for those MPs. Please step aside whilst we still have a country left. Good day. Thank you for watching.